friends, welcome back to my podcast. I am cur- I have currently realized that I have not done any episodes on U.S. history, and I have decided to do some, starting from the beginning. So today, let's talk about the early Native Americans, Christopher Columbus, and the Spanish conquistadors. About twenty five thousand years ago, the Ice Age ended with the Wisconsin glaciation, also known as the Warm Glacial Stage. This was where huge ice sheets and glaciers moved across the North American continent. In America, we call it the Wisconsin Glaciation because in the 1970s, uh, scientists studied geological formations of that era in Wisconsin. So how did people appear in North and South America? Well, during the last ice age, about 12,000 years ago, there was the Bering Strait the Bering Land Bridge that connected northeastern Siberia with modern-day Alaska. Nomadic hunter-gatherers and other prehistoric tribes followed the woolly mammoth, caribou, and other animals across the Bering Land Bridge to North America. Around 10,000 years ago, these peoples reached all the way to South America. Along the way, they learned to farm, cultivate new crops, and domesticate local animals. Once nomadic hunter-gatherers over thousands of years, these people built fully functioning communities and developed civilizations such as, Naz- such as the Nazca, Aztecs, Cahokia, Mayans, and Inca, as well as many more. North and South American cultures became very diverse. They developed more than 2,200 different languages. By the time the European exploration of the Americas started in the 1490s, the population of the two continents was between 40 and 60 million people. Their civilizations were so diverse and sophisticated, it surpassed the European civilizations in some cases. They were simply considered less advanced due to their lack of grand cities that the Europeans had built although they still had some. And so these civilizations lived and prospered for thousands of years. There is evidence, even though not conclusive, that about 3,300 years ago, the Chinese sailed to America. Also, Vikings, with Leif Erikson as a leader in 1000 AD, landed in modern-day Canada. And in the late 1300s to early 1400s, it is rumored that the Knights Templar might have traveled to America as well. That's only a theory, but and not a very popular one at that, but still. Now let's take a minute and talk about Christopher Columbus. Truth to be known, he was a horrible person. He had never stepped foot in America. The closest he got to America was the Bahamas and the Caribbean islands. You see, European kings were looking for a new and faster route to reach India and China to trade with. Thus, Columbus convinced the Spanish king Ferdinand and Queen Isabella to sponsor his voyage in search of a shorter route to the east. Once Columbus made it to the Caribbean islands on October 12, 1492, he of course thought that he had reached India. But not intelligent, Columbus demanded gold from the local tribes. Whenever they, whenever he couldn't find any gold, he angrily massacred almost 250,000 local Taino people. 
and the population dropped down to 200. He also came back with several as slaves to, to Europe. By the orders of the Spanish crown, Columbus made several voyages to the New World. He helped to establish the first colony in America. Not North America. Once he got older, Columbus returned to Spain and for the rest of his life thought that he found a way to reach India by sea. For generations after, Columbus was nothing but almost forgotten. However, in 1828, Washington Irving, an English writer, was looking for new ideas for his books and decided to write a a biography called The Life and Voyages of Christopher Columbus. Irving realized that not many copies could be sold if he told the truth about the explorer. Instead, he painted Columbus in a positive light and attributed things to him that Columbus has never done. This book gained popularity when the Italians surged to America in search of a better life but were persecuted instead. In a desperate attempt to fit in and be accepted by other colonies, Italians turned to Irving's biography of Columbus and thus proved that they belonged in America. So why do we celebrate Columbus Day? That's because mainstream academics credit Christopher Columbus with starting the process that is called the Columbian Exchange and Globalism. What exactly is the Columbian Exchange? Columbian Exchange is the name of a book that was written by Alfred Crosby in 1972. Historians liked it so much that they adopted it as a term in mainstream history. Columbian Exchange refers to the trade of plants, animals, and diseases between Europeans and Native Americans. After Columbus reached the New World in 1492, more and more Europeans wanted to see this new land previously unknown to them. Thus, thousands of people traveled from Europe to the Americas over the next 100 years. People brought with them to America's, to the Americas many plants and animals, including wheat, rice, sugarcane, bananas, melons, and coffee trees. Horses, cows, sheep, pigs, and chickens were also introduced by the Europeans. When going back, explorers took corn, tomatoes, potatoes, tobacco, beans, squash, pumpkins, and cacao, as well as that were native to the Americas as well as turkeys, llamas, and guinea pigs. As a side effect of this exchange, people from Europe and Africa introduced a lot of diseases that were not known in the Americas at the time. Things like smallpox, measles, influenza, and whooping cough, as well as malaria and yellow fever. Since Native Americans didn't have contact with outside civilizations up until the 1500s, They didn't have immunity to any of these diseases. The two infections that were introduced by natives were syphilis and tuberculosis. Of course, this was an uneven exchange. Over the next 300 years, nearly 54 million Native Americans were killed by epidemics and violent outbursts from the newcomers. This was the worst mass death in history. At the same time, on the other side of the ocean, Spain was a dominating power in Europe. The more the word spread about the New World in Spain, the more people became interested in it. In search of gold, many conquistadors traveled to to the modern-day Americas. Thus, in 1503, Ponce de Leon, a Spanish noble who explored the Caribbean islands, 
alongside Christopher Columbus was assigned to be governor of the eastern territory of Hispaniola. While there, Ponce de Leon heard from the locals about a fountain of youth, so he decided to go looking for himself. It is rumored to be looking on an island called Bimini, and in 1513, Ponce de Leon reached the modern-day Florida. He didn't find the fountain of youth, however. In 1521, he decided to return to Florida looking to colonize it. By that time, local tribes got mad enough at the Spanish and attacked Ponce de Leon's expedition soon after he arrived. He was fatally wounded during that attack. Another conquistador, Hernán Cortés, arrived in Mexico in 1519 in search of gold and desperately wanted to, wanted to overthrow the leader of the Aztecs, Montezuma II. Interestingly, he sunk all of his ships so that none of his men could retreat. Eventually, the rebellion between the Spanish and the Aztecs ensued. The Spanish lost a lot of the treasures that they had stolen from the Aztecs, but nonetheless, but nonetheless, Montezuma II was killed either by his own people or by the Spanish. It is not known. And, and the Aztec Empire was destroyed in 1521. Another Spanish conquistador worth noting is Francisco Pizarro. He was of a hum humble upbringing. In 1510, he joined the expedition to explore Colombia. He was a hardworking and quiet man who could be relied on in a difficult situation. Thus, in 1519 through 1523, he served as mayor of Panama City. In 1528, Pizarro traveled to Seville, Spain, to convince King Charles V to support his exploration of South America. Thus, Pizarro received a coat of arms and was made governor of New Castile territory. In 1531, he set sail for modern-day Peru. Later that year, in November 1531, Pizarro sent a priest, Vicente de Valverde, to meet the local to meet the Inca's leader, Atahualpa. Pizarro's demands were for the Inca to accept Charles V as their new ruler and Christianity as their new religion. Obviously, Atahualpa refused such ludicrous demands. Angered, Pizarro attacked the unsuspecting Incas and took Atahualpa hostage. Inc the Inca were devastated and agreed to fill a cha an entire chamber with gold and silver. However, that didn't help, and on August 29, 1533, Atahualpa was strangled to death. Devastated, the Incas surrendered to Pizarro, and in 1535, he went on to establish the city of Lima in Peru, where he spent the rest of his life. These violent crimes against humanity in the name of Christianity and greed, and greed by, Spanish, by the Spanish marked the beginning of the recorded U.S. history. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am looking forward to recording more episodes like this soon.